Welcome to Style with Substance, a podcast by The Vendeur. I'm your host, Lucy Kebble. plus a few bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the myths and greenwashing that surround sustainable fashion. Join us for discussion with industry insiders, tips and generally geeking out on the glory that is ethical fashion. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, sang Marilyn Monroe in one of my favourite films, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And while diamonds are usually seen on women, the industry itself has been traditionally male-dominated, from the mines to the heads of large jewellery houses like Graf and De Beers. It's a topic we spoke about in more detail in episode 5 with jewellery designer Marilyn Kikaili. However, it has been changing gradually over the last few years as natural diamond companies emerge as models for sustainable practices and gender equality. The diamond industry supports the livelihood of roughly 10 million people worldwide, so it's important that this community is supported. That's where the Natural Diamond Council comes in. They provide insights and transparency for the diamond industry, promoting sustainability and ethics. The NDC works directly with diamond companies and mines to educate and encourage them to build on important areas of ecology, human rights and gender parity. Excitingly, women are rising to the top of diamond businesses and taking important roles in decision-making. Women represent 30% of the workforce of the world's largest diamond producers. More and more women are being brought in to highly skilled but traditionally male-dominated roles. This includes women in upper management, arguably the most key change of all. Because when diverse voices, both in gender and race, are heard at the top of companies, positive change follows. Today I'm speaking to Raluca Angel, Head of External Affairs at the Natural Diamond Council. She tells me about incredible grassroots initiatives that the companies they work with are building, and gender parity throughout the industry, and the exciting environmental schemes that are being pioneered. As always, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We love to hear what you think, but it also helps more people to find us. Here is my conversation with Raluca. Hi, Raluca. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lucy. Hi. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. Uh, so my name is Roluca Angel. I am the Head of External Affairs and Industry Relations for the Natural Diamond Council. And I'm absolutely honoured to actually be working on our uh, organization's sustainability-related activities and building together with the industry uh, towards a very beautiful environment for natural diamonds. So can you give us a little bit of an outline as to what the Natural Diamond Company is and, and what do they do? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Natural Diamond Council, as a name, is is very new. We've uh, actually relaunched in, in June this year. And our aim is pretty much to advance the desirability for diamonds. Uh, and we do that by publishing in-depth and engaging features, as well as by sharing information with consumers on what I would say is the ultimate timelessness and uniqueness of this remarkable natural stone. 
Uh, we also have an online portal. It's called Only Natural Diamonds, and it pretty much serves as a window into discovery of this beautiful uh, universe. Then we also have another very important mission, and that is to work uh, to support the integrity of the natural diamond industry. And we do that by providing transparency and insight into the ethics, sustainability and progress of the sector. Now, what I can tell you about our members is that we represent uh, the seven world's leading diamond producers and they account for around 75% of the world's rough diamond production. And between all of them, they employ, I think, roughly around 77,000 people. So it's it's we have a very large uh, uh, membership, let's say, from this perspective. And our role is vital because it contributes to an industry that supports the livelihood of roughly 10 million people worldwide. Wow, that's a lot of people. Yes, indeed, indeed. It's it's huge. And actually, it's something that I've discovered. I've recently moved into the industry. And um, it's something that you don't realize. When you look at, uh, at a piece of diamond jewelry, you do not think that much of uh, the people in the communities that are impacted by this. So it was it was an incredible discovery. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to to look at in more detail, because I think a lot of us have some probably quite old-fashioned ideas about diamonds and where they come from but we also hear a lot about things like blood diamonds uh, fair mind diamonds I know at the Vonda we try to talk about the benefits of um, fair mining practices yeah. so but can you give us a bit more detail about what what does the mining industry look like today versus what it probably looked like say 30-40 years ago yeah, absolutely. What I can tell you is that every purchase of a natural diamond supports an industry that very much values responsible and transparent business practices. And that's done whilst helping local communities to generate long-term sustainable development and a long-lasting positive legacy, basically. Natural diamonds are part of an extremely, extremely well-regulated industry. And our members have adopted standards and international practices that ensure sustainable mining practices. And this covers ethical and fair working conditions for employees, for contractors. It includes, of course, the protection of the natural environment, as well as a very, very important contribution to um, the, the development of local communities. And these are elements that are, are often overlooked or not often uh, considered. In terms of jobs, what I can tell you is that our members provide safe and extremely high quality, well-paying jobs in remote communities where normally good employment is very difficult to find. And all these employees and contractors, collaborators, they receive training, development programs for their career advancement. And this is incredibly important because it generates, it has a ripple effect in those communities. From our analysis, uh, on, on average, uh, our members, their employees or their contractors are paid 66% more than the national average salary. And they receive nearly five times the living wage in his or her country. Um, so as you can imagine, uh, this is uh, this is an important contribution to 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 the area. In terms of safety, I can tell you that every morning at at, at our companies, the discussion starts with what are the safety procedures. Uh, so this is absolutely paramount, and all of our members are committed to to a zero harm environment. Now. 
what I can tell you is that the the, the current days, the power of diamond mines, uh, uh, the power of diamonds and the power of diamond industry actually lies in the fact that as they become part of our lives, they also drive change. That's because diamonds are are found. You, you can't control where is it that diamonds are found, right? And they appeared in some of the most remote places on Earth. And as I was saying earlier, they offer limited to no alternatives for employment. So creating these quality jobs for these isolated communities has an incredible impact. Um, and therefore, let's say that we can easily say that natural diamonds, they, they end up telling a story. And their story is that they've built schools, they've built hospitals, they've built roads, they've built wildlife reserves, they've educated children, they've provided women with skills, development and career opportunities. And in some cases, such as in Botswana, the diamond industry has even built nations. I don't know if you know, but in just 50 years, Botswana's diamond-led development story uh, ended up completely changing uh, and transforming this country from one of the poorest nations in the world into a modern upper-middle-income country. And now Botswana is the second largest diamond producer in the world. And the infrastructure that was uh, built that the government did um, uh, together with the diamond industry is incredible. We have from six miles of paved roads uh, that Botswana had 50 years ago now counts to 7,000. And every child in Botswana receives free primary and secondary education. And now the country has 300 secondary schools compared to just three in 1966. So... This is the face of the current diamond industry. That's incredible. It's really great to know that that is the positive impact that can come from an industry that probably doesn't always have the best reputation. I think I had heard recently um, that Livia Firth of EcoAge had said that Botswana is, is a model for sustainable businesses to look at. And from what you've told me, it sounds like she's absolutely correct. Yeah, and, and it's not just Botswana. You have this sort of incredible, important partnerships uh, throughout uh, happening throughout a lot of other countries, um, Canada, Australia, um, even, even in the most remote places in Russia, such as in Siberia, you have this important collaboration with government. And this is what I think this blueprint is all about. This needs to be done in, in, in tandem. Uh, the industry is completely embedded into these local communities. And in collaboration with government, they can create this absolute beautiful infrastructure for development. Because technically contributing to sustainable development and to this growth of communities is not just an add-on CSR activity. It's part of the industry because you cannot run your activities without growing the community alongside you. So it's actually it's the best version for do well by doing good. Of course. And I, I have to say that I came across the Natural Diamond Council through a talk that they were doing about how the diamond industry, specifically in Africa and in Botswana, was helping to lift up uh, women within the industry. I think the diamond industry has probably traditionally been quite male dominated, both in terms of the owners of big companies, the marketeers of big companies, and probably also the miners as well. So can we touch more on what women are doing within the industry, what roles they hold, and how the Natural Diamond Council are trying to empower them to have more roles within the industry? Of course. And you're absolutely right. A generation ago, 
various countries participating in large-scale mining did not employ women in many areas, including underground work. But today, things are just so different, and I couldn't be happier about that. Women actually represent around 30% of the workforce of the world's largest diamond producers. And this figure is actually considerably above that of the mining industry generally, where the average is closer to 15%. So the difference is huge. And one of our members, uh, the Russian diamond company, Arosa, women have accounted for more than 30% of the workforce already in the past seven years. And I can absolutely confirm that all of our members uh, recognize that the inclusion and ensuring the participation of women at all levels in, in their activities is absolutely fundamental. And that's why they've been working so hard in putting in place women empowerment programs to pretty much advance gender, gender equality. And these programs, for example, they include relevant training, development, mentoring and progression opportunities uh, for the women that are already in the workforce, but they're also focused in making sure that they increase participation of their new hires at all the levels. You are asking about what, what types of jobs. Uh, I can tell you yeah. that the range of jobs is, is increasing all the time at all the levels. We have some examples from the Ikati Diamond Mine where 82% of female employees are employed in traditionally male-dominated roles. These include apprentice carpenters, crane operators, machinists, millwrights, plumbers, technicians. And you were mentioning um, Nivea Firth's documentary, Well, Dare You, uh, even see uh, a absolutely fantastic uh, woman that drives as what Livia called the biggest truck that she's ever seen. Uh, so there are absolutely no, no barriers from this perspective. But then, of course, it's also very important to ensure the share of women in, in upper management. And progress there is, is crucial. In 2013, uh, in Botswana, we actually had the first woman to run a diamond mine, mining company. And I love her. Her name is Nassim Lari. She's absolutely fantastic. And uh, also in the same company in Lukara in 2018, we've actually uh, had the first CEO of a diamond mining company. That's Ira Thomas. So these are fantastic examples, um, and they're not the only ones. At De Beers, De Beers Group, which is uh, one of our one of our seven members, they also recognize that gender equality and ensure gender parity is so important. But as we all know, the global statistics actually says that we'll reach gender parity. Oh, it will take a very long time. So they realize that they need to actively pursue this and accelerate this change. So they've started a partnership in 2017 with uh, UN Women. And as part of this partnership, they actually committed to, to uh, reaching gender parity into senior roles by the end of 2020, by the end of this year. Um, and for that, they've done an incredible array of, of activities because what you need to do is to change the entire business processes. They have inclusion and diversity uh, approaches that covers through leadership and culture. They even have reciprocal mentoring programs, which are so essential to make sure that it's not just the empowerment of the women, but it's actually the empowerment of, of uh, the, the community and the culture around them. They also had a lot of working practices and measures from flexible working policies to also talent attraction and development where it's important to look at what sort of uh, recruitment practices you have and making sure that they're inclusive. And I'm really happy to say that uh, the De Beers Group Executive Committee, have, they have six out of the 14 positions that are occupied by women. So it's 43% uh, female, which is fantastic. And 
We also have uh, other female CEOs in their mining businesses in Botswana, in, uh, their company Botswana, in collaboration with the Botswana government, as well as in Canada. The management of the operations are led by women. So these are absolutely beautiful. And, you know, we were talking about what other roles women have. It's important to make sure that they do have uh, support to develop their careers in a lot of fields, a lot of technical fields. And uh, for this, and, and I, I absolutely loved, uh, loved the story of Rio Tinto, uh, one of our members that have supported the development of an all-women diamond cutting and polishing factory in uh, Ahmedabad, in the western state of Gujarat, India. And what they do there is that they've set up a three-month training program and that provided women with absolutely fantastic opportunity to, you know what, develop their income as they move out of jobs in lower-paying industries. So that's that's essential to to ensure the support uh, across across the society. That's amazing to hear that they're doing so much to help communities. Can we talk a bit more though about the environmental impact? Because, of course, mining physically has has a large impact on the on the landscape on the environment. But yeah. what what are the industry what is the industry doing now to make itself more sustainable? Yeah. Um, so actually protecting the environment is one of the three sustainability pledges that our members have committed to. They all have their own, uh, of course, sustainability initiatives, but uh, together they have decided to to focus a lot of their work and, and impact. So uh, these these three pledges include protecting the environment, promoting gender equality and inclusivity, which touches upon the point that we, we had just discussed before. And last and definitely not the least, just strengthening communities. Now, for protecting the environment, honestly, my uh, my creed is that people have been using materials from the earth from the moment we walked upright. But what matters the most is that we do it in the smartest way possible by minimizing the impact and maximizing the benefits. And this is also the creed of, of, of our members. And uh, recognizing responsible environmental stewardship as one of the industry's main obligations is paramount. And it it, it explains all of the activities that they that they pertain. So let's look first at the efficient use of resources because there are two elements there. So for reducing or reducing the resources that you use as well as using them in the most efficient way possible, um, one key thing to to remember is that, and that's something often overlooked, is that diamond mining is one of the cleanest forms of mining. Uh, it's essentially a mechanical process and does not require use of, of chemicals. Uh, and our members are, are working a lot in making sure that they conduct sustainable mining practices and they have ongoing commitments to preserving water resources and minimizing the greenhouse gas uh, emissions production. On average, we have, um, for all of our members, 83% of the water they use for diamond mining is, is recycled, uh, which is extremely important because it's, it's water and pressure that is used to uh, extract diamonds from, uh, from kimberlite, the diamond rock. Um, then in terms of, uh, let's say, the reducing, uh, reducing some of their greenhouse gas emissions, they invest so much in this. Arosa has reduced their, their emissions by almost 50% um, in the past decade. And um, also since 2019, we have information that 85.5% of the total energy consumption uh, that Arosa has comes from renewables, which is absolutely incredible. 
Petra Williamson mine in Tanzania, besides optimizing energy and water use, they also end up supplying drinking water to communities. So this is an example of how you um, both make sure that the, the use of your resource is efficient as well as how you contribute to your communities. But then what I can tell you is that many of the programs um, that, re that further reduce energy use and carbon footprint are also based on a lot of fantastic uh, innovation and technology and a lot of research. And there are a lot of groundbreaking solutions in using wind and hydropower to reduce this energy use. Uh, I have uh, an example from the diamond mine in northern Canada, and they've actually become a global leader in cold climate technology. And what they do is that they provide uh, renewable energy. They prove that renewable energy can actually work in remote subarctic location, which is incredible because their temperatures can fall below minus 40 degrees there. And they have found some innovative, way, innovative ways in which they prevent their 9.2 megawatt wind turbines from freezing, which is incredible. Um, but then doing further research and looking ahead and also looking at how is it that you can use the resources from our industry in um, tackling climate change. We have a group of pioneering De Beers scientists that are led by Dr. Ellison Shaw, and they're working on a project in which they want to capture carbon dioxide within kimberlite, the rock in which diamonds are found. And they call this process mineral carbonation which is an incredible initiative and that can have impact on a lot of other um, fields and a lot of other industries. Now, the second part, uh, and it's a very important element in, in protecting our environment, is the fact that uh, you are responsible for the impact that you have within the mining activities. And to diminish this impact even more, uh, all of our members actually commit to protecting three times more the land that they use which is fantastic. And together they end up protecting around 1,000 square miles of, of area. And this means them investing in some of nature's, uh, some, of, some of the biggest nature global reserves. Uh, their conservation initiatives support endangered, threatened and vulnerable species. And I can give you there an example from, the, from, from Africa, uh, De Beers Diamond Root is actually one of Southern Africa's most expensive, most extensive and important conservation networks. And it includes eight different nature reserves across South Africa and Botswana. And mm. their, their work there is, is truly incredible. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's essential and it's an ever-going activity. Yeah, and I think that it's, it's so important that you said earlier, the companies protect three times what they use. Yeah. That's that's such an important aspect of it because, of course, you can try and protect what you're using, but what you're doing is having an impact on a, a much larger area of, of land and the communities around it. So that's really good to hear that, you know, the companies are really taking responsibility for the areas that surround the, the land that they work on too. For sure. And I, I can tell you that... To ensure that this environmental impact is properly managed, actually, before any single diamond is recovered, this is always preceded by major environmental and biodiversity studies. And this is done actually in collaboration with local and regional governments, as well as in consultation with indigenous communities. So you can imagine that environmental permitting is the most difficult permit 
to get in this world. And you only do it when you make sure that you have a plan to open a mine as well as to close the mine. And this process can take up to 10 years. And they, are, they have so many studies uh, going around that. And I can absolutely tell you that, of course, you, you end up moving the, the land where you recover the diamonds, but then it's together with these governments and with these communities that we make sure that the land is reclaimed and we do it in the most respectful way towards the environment there and that's possible again because we're not we're not using chemicals so the land is not uh, is not affected and, and can be repurposed so that sort of takes me on to my next question actually of course diamonds are a finite resource we're not going to be able to mine them forever so do you know what measures some of the companies that are involved with the um, NDC are taking to to help communities and the land for when they eventually uh, become unviable mining areas? Certainly and I can tell you that our collective goal is actually to help build these communities that will remain strong and resilient well beyond the recovery of the last diamond. We mentioned or we're talking earlier about employment opportunities well in addition to these the diamond industry also helps create a lot of social programs and advanced healthcare and education. Not many people are aware that the world diamond leaders actually bring 16 billion dollars worth of socioeconomic and environmental benefits to the countries of origin each year. Um, and that's that's absolutely paramount to to the growth of that country because the the natural diamond companies they work in harmony with these governments to identify uh, infrastructural development projects that will provide this long term value to the to the area. Sixty percent of the value created is retained by the local mining communities immediately, and around two hundred ninety two million dollars of worth of benefits of social programs that include education and healthcare remains in in the communities and actually what makes uh, let's say any this industry an incredibly special one is the unique partnership that formed the foundation of our operations right because the industry is fully embedded into the communities you do a lot of sourcing of goods of services and you build all those infrastructures the roads the schools but you also help the local business develop and flourish to ensure that they create lasting lasting benefits. There we have one of our companies, Petra Diamonds. They've established an enterprise development resource center at each of its South African operations. And the the aim for these resource centers is to support local entrepreneurs and to serve a bridge between local businesses and the mine supply chain. Similarly, and this is an absolutely beautiful story, the De Beers Group has two incredible initiatives, Tokafala and Zimele. They provide uh, developmental funding, training, and mentoring across a wide range of businesses and industries. And they actually have supported around 1,000 enterprises, amounting to nearly 10,000 people in Botswana and South Africa. And I can tell you that around 40% of these businesses are female-owned. So the, the impact is beautiful. Um, but then also in the communities where where it operates, uh, the diamond industry also supports improvements in healthcare. Uh, mine hospitals play a key role, and they're very often tailored to address the most pressing matters in each community. We have Petra's Williams Diamond Hospital in Tanzania. They've piloted a number of health programs uh, in conjunction, of course, with the Tanzanian government including mother and child health, malaria prevention, voluntary counseling and testing treatment for HIV AIDS. And the same Marza Demorova, one of our uh, members from Zimbabwe, they support around five rural health centers and they serve a population of roughly 50,000. 
So that's uh, that's an incredible um, outcome. And these creating these projects together with a community, it's it. They're also it's important to have them as grassroots initiatives. You don't just arrive in a country and you say this is what I want to do. You need to, as you grow together with the communities, you need to develop these initiatives together with them. A beautiful example also in Botswana is the creation of a Karove Village Initiative, which was done by Lukara Diamond in 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 an aim to invest and develop sustainable community driven projects and they've created Mokubilo Co-op Society Farm which is a beautiful farm that they developed in partnership with uh, Mokubilo Village uh, close to where they run their operations and the society farm is a community owned commercial farm and it's designed to address malnutrition as well as to provide affordable uh, and locally available vegetables creating employment and training opportunities for the communities around there. So these are just few few of the stories of uh, long-term impact that the diamond industry is creating. Well, that was, that was a lot more stories than I thought you were going <laughs> to give me when I asked that question. So that's really incredible to hear. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Rilika. It's been really inspiring to hear about what the NDC do and how they are helping companies to have a really positive impact. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for, for your questions and thank you for curiosity. It's, it's an industry that uh, it's, it's important to, to want to learn more about it because we have so many stories to tell and we'd love to share any blueprints we have with the rest of the world. Well, maybe we'll have to do a part two then. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. Reluca really blew me away with those incredible stories at the end. It's so refreshing to hear about positive impact within the diamond industry, especially in terms of community programs and environmental processes. Thank you for joining me. I hope you found our chat enlightening. If you did, why not share this with a friend or leave us a review? We're always grateful of your amazing support. Next week, I'll be back with another wonderful guest and some more sustainable myth busting. See you then.